Hey guys, so as we move into the 2021 golf season, I think now is really the perfect time to think about how we can be building our games for the better. So I've set up a high performance academy at the Golfers Academy. I've got eight spots open and it's an eight week training program. So just to go over the weekly schedule. So week one will be a initial biomechanic track man assessment at the Golfers Academy. What we're going to do here is really just go through a systematic way of improving absolutely every area of your swing and give you a repetition scheme as well as about three to four drills where you can really start to mold the biofuel method that we've been working on. Week two is going to be a putting lesson at the Golfers Academy again. So we're going to put it on video, go over the technique, go over speed control, go over line control. And then you'll also have a practice plan that you can work with going forward and work with for the rest of your career. So a lot of it is going to be based upon field drills and coordination drills. The systems that we'll give you for putting has really been, uh, a lot of it has been developed by me and my brother, Chris. Chris, I would say, is a, is a big-time putting specialist. He was probably one of the best putters in our family and consistently averaged around 29 putts per round when he played college golf at Eastern Michigan. So he was always kind of at the top of his class when it came to putting. So this comes from his years of, you know, being under the tutelage of Ralph Bauer. Also learning aim point systems has really given him and our coaching systems a lot of value. Week three is about the performance training journal. So this is really where you get to dial in all aspects of your golf game. And it really is our behind the scenes system for our players that they use on a daily, a weekly basis. And it helps us as coaches know how to really coach you in a more, more hands-on way. Week four is going to be your fitness and health plan call. So this is where we really dive into the teachings that we've been going through with the Czech Institute which if you don't know the Czech Institute, it's a world-renowned health educational institute. Go check out czechinstitute.ca. What it basically is, is going to be about 150 to 200 questions based upon your holistic health. And you're going to get a real snapshot as to where you are and where you need to get to in relation to your golf game. What the Czech Institute is based upon is the six foundational principles of holistic health, which is eating, sleeping, moving, breathing, hydrating, and thinking. So week five, we'll go back to the track man. Uh, at the Golfers Academy and we're really good. just going to see how those biomechanic pieces have been working since week one and then dial in everything again and work on the next pieces because there's always going to be layers to the swing that we can dive into. Week six and seven, there are going to be two more virtual calls via Zoom. So we'll do a mental game session where we're going to really dial in your emotions and how you can regulate them on the golf course. Week seven is really a course strategy uh, session where we're going to Think about how we can tactically make our way through a golf course. And even when we're playing bad, when we don't have our best swing, still shoot our lowest scores. And then to close out week eight, we're going to go back to the Golfers Academy, do another TrackMan lesson. You'll get a full report as, we, as you move into your own teaching that will really give you a plan for you know when you move on. So... If you're interested about this, please uh, shoot me an email at LancasterGolfAcademy at gmail.com. You can also check us out online, uh, Lancaster Golf Performance on Instagram. We're putting out daily content for your game to make sure that you can improve. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Cam Lancaster, your host of the Lancaster Golf Performance Podcast. So this week I had the special privilege of sitting down and speaking with Mark Cormier. He is a CSCP certified personal trainer and also certified through the Titleist Performance Institute in Level 2. There's really a lot of interesting insights that I learned for my own game, for my students' games, and definitely something you're, a lot of stuff you're going to learn for your own game. 
He's worked in a lot of different sport disciplines in basketball, soccer, football, lacrosse, volleyball, track and field, hockey. But his main specialty has been in golf. And he's also been working with the Mohawk golf team as well for the past few years. I would urge you to check out his blog and you can find it at cscgolffitness.ca and also to inquire about working with him. There's definitely a lot of insight that he can give you uh, for you as you move into 2021. Also check him out on Instagram. He's got a lot of awesome content that he puts out on a weekly basis. CSC Golf Fitness. Business has been good. Business was great until obviously the pandemic hit and, yeah. and that kind of slowed a little bit. But um, I mean, when gym started opening up, I opened up again too. And, and all my all my people came back and I mean, things are going well now too. It's just hopefully we stay open and hopefully they don't close it. It's really kind of my viewpoint right now. But um, no, it's been good. I mean, I, I think I have a pretty good presence in the Hamilton kind of area. And I mean, yeah. I work with everywhere from, I mean, 60 or 70 year old people that just want to kind of move a little bit better to, I work with some pros, I work with some juniors that are, I mean, high level juniors and, and everything in between. Right. So, um, I'm fortunate that way. I don't know. I, uh, this is kind of my side job. I work full time at Mohawk college in, uh, the health wellness and fitness program. Oh, okay. Sure. So I actually kind of like my, I help people. I mean, I'm teaching people how to be strength and conditioning coaches and personal trainers and health coaches in my role there as a technologist. And I just kind of, I fell in love with golf and uh, I kind of took my ex expertise and my background and my training and kind of pivoted this way about almost five years now ago and kind of just really focused on training golfers. And I mean, in the time that I've worked with people, the time that I've been a trainer, I've worked with, I mean, every kind of sport, I mean, track and field, football, hockey, lacrosse, basketball. And I just kind of, I always like, I fell in, like, I, I played golf my whole life, but I really like fell in love with golf the last like probably seven years. And I just was like, if I'm going to do this, I mean, I want to do it with something that I'm passionate about and something that I think I can make a difference in. So that's kind of how I kind of ended up focusing more on golfers but um it's been great no I, lo I love training golfers that's awesome man so do you find it's a tough balance between your career and then doing uh, your side like the side business as well too or like how do you find that to be yeah 100 percent. no i i mean so i've i've been i've been at mohawk since um since 2011 actually i'm almost at 10 years that i've been there okay and um so i mean i'm i'm there full time but i mean my wife is very supportive and uh and she knows that's why I kind of put some limitations on how much I actually train now, whereas before I would kind of do it wherever. Mm -hmm. But I have a two-year-old and my wife's actually, she's seven months pregnant. So there's another one coming. So I got to kind of. That's awesome. Yeah. So I got to kind of think about that too. But I mean, no, I train, I try to train three or four days a week. And, and I usually will do anywhere from one to four sessions in the, on those days. And, and I mean, I have people that come and see me once or twice a month and I just program for them and I have people that come and see me once a week. Right. So it's like, it really depends on how much money you want to spend. It depends on kind of how motivated you are, if you're self-motivated and, and I can kind of assess you and kind of give you a good plan that's going to help your weaknesses and limitations. Uh, some people can do that on their own. Right. Um, but, and then other types of people need a little more guidance and, and they need someone to kind of be, be there with them. And, and that's great too. So, I mean, it, it really kind of depends on the person, but um, that's what's really worked for me so far. I mean, obviously with things going the way they are, I actually, like I train a junior in Sudbury. I do a lot of stuff online too, where I mean, I can, I can do a lot of stuff on Zoom like this or, or over FaceTime. And I mean, it is different. It's not as good if you're in person. I, I, I struggle with that part of it, but I mean, I can still be 
pretty effective. And, and I mean, I, I know I can help this way as well. So yeah. I see you're over at the golfers at the golfers Academy. I, uh, I spent a lot of time in there too. It's a great place. Jason's a good guy. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was just coming from there and uh, yeah, I've only been there for about a month or two now and it's been just a, a pretty cool experience. Just like the technology that he puts into that place. And Oh, the track fans are awesome, man. They're great. Yeah. No, I, so I trained Mohawk college's golf team too. And they actually, uh, they practice out of there. Okay. So that's right. Yeah. I saw you, I saw you, you, uh, you had a testimonial from Lucas. I know Lucas very well. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's a great guy. And, um, but yeah, no, so I spent some time with them there when they did that and it was cool to see that. I mean, I'm about an eight handicap. I, I, I strive to be scratched. That's kind of my overall goal. I'm not quite there. I, I did some stuff with uh, Scott over uh, the pandemic, uh, Scott Cowick. So we, I did some lessons with him and he really kind of put me in the right direction, but I, uh, I need to be better from hundred and in, like I think every amateur golfer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So uh, what kind of stuff did you work on with Scott? I've, I've myself been going to Scott for years. So uh, nice. Just, uh, so I was, my wrist, I cupped a lot with my wrist. I mean, I'm very powerful. I, I actually have a good kinematic sequence. Like I, yeah, but exactly. So yeah. I have a tendency to push the ball or slice the ball or, or the, the dreaded double cross. Right. But um, he had me kind of doing more of like feeling like DJ. Mm -hmm. right and I mean I, I think I, I wasn't going that much but I was becoming more neutral and I mean I hit the ball better than I ever have this year and I, I had a lot more rounds in the 70s than I ever have and I mean like I can hit it good I just I, I I always have a few of those blow up holes and it's like I gotta I gotta eliminate that and yeah it's hard it's hard no, I, I bought a sky track last year and it's like it's helped to be able to kind of get some of that feedback but I can't really like chip and putt as much because I got a little kid and I can't really go out and, and put the time in like I, I used to when I started the golf, right? Yeah, that's the thing about putting and chipping is uh, like my, my dad when we were growing up, he, he installed a, uh, like one of those Southwest greens in our backyard. Amazing, it's amazing. Yeah. To, get, to get good at the short game, it really just takes that grunt hours, right? And, and develop oh, totally. the feel, right? Um, yeah. Actually speaking back to the wrist angles part, pretty funny story. When I was working with Scott, I had the same sort of thing going on, kind of getting to the top of my swing and really kind of cupped at the top. So I worked on it so hard the one summer that I actually completely tore my left bicep because wow. I was constantly, and it was my mistake though, it wasn't Scott's because I was, I was constantly hitting into these turf mats and trying yeah. to like manipulate my wrist angles and just blew totally. up my bicep, it was brutal. Um, yeah. uh, you could probably talk more on oh, that. Well, I mean, even just, I mean, I had a couple, I had a guy come in here and, uh, last week and I mean, he was pretty beat up from the season. I mean, a lot of golfers by the end of the year, they just, they don't do enough training or they don't, I mean, the, like you would probably attest to, you're hitting more golf balls and you're worried about going to the gym and working on muscular imbalances and, and things like that. Right. So, I mean, that's the time to come in and kind of fix those things, but yeah, I mean, anytime you're going to just hit pound shots and pound shots, it's going to it's going to hurt your body. I mean, look at people like Tiger Woods and, and what that's done to him over his career, right? Like, there's smarter ways and there's more efficient ways to do that now. And I think you're you would be a great person to kind of help somebody with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and know how to practice correctly. Another thing he was getting me to do was shorten my backswing and make sure that I kept kind of my arms together more like this. Like I was letting this come up a bit. Okay. So that was pushing that instead of kind of bringing it and shallowing the club a little more. Um, but he's a smart dude. He definitely, he helped me a lot very quickly. Um, just with like my ball speeds were through the roof with every club and like, yeah, I was hitting the ball way more consistently. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I always recommend like any junior to kind of just like if they're starting out the game, starting with biomechanics, I think it's the most important totally. thing. I kind of, like I was a competitive player since the age of nine. 
And then I started working on biomechanics at the age of like 16, 17, and it was just too late in terms of yeah. to the NCAA and go pro in that route because the fundamentals weren't exactly there, right? Um, so just to change gears a little bit, Mark, so talk to me about like what your fitness philosophy is in relation to uh, into, into golf and, and how that kind of intertwines and like yes. maybe talking from your experience working with so many different players. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've, I'm TPI certified. I took all those certifications. I got, I'm level two fitness. Um, I'm certified with FMS and that's really a guy and like, I really like Greg Rose. I really like Greg Cook. Um, I'm a big kind of quality over quantity person. Uh, I like a lot of stuff that Mike Boyle is another guy I look up to a lot. And I like a lot of his like bilateral, unilateral principles and always working on vertical and horizontal pulls and pushes and I mean, incorporating carries and I mean, a lot of the stuff that I think is out there online and, and a lot of it is kind of too progressed and, and hard for a lot of people. And a lot of people would just kind of do the basics and, and get a lot out of that. I'm also a big guy that really kind of tries to manage recovery. So I'm really trying to talk to my, my clients, my athletes about like, how are you sleeping? What are you drinking? Like how much water are you drinking? Things like that. I think that's very undervalued. Um, Definitely. And yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, you see some of the stuff I put online. I'm a big functional movement type of person. I love to use like Vipers and TRXs, Sandbells, and I mean, landmines and stuff like that. I mean, everything that I do is going to be 3D. I don't really like to live in the sagittal plane or going front and back. I'm always going to be kind of rotating and challenging yourself that way. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, those are kind of the things that I stick by as principles. And I just like, I've been training people since 2009. So, I mean, it's going on almost 12 years and like my experiences and, and the things I've seen through different athletes. I mean, I really try to just build an athlete. I'm not even like, I mean, I work with golfers cause I like golf and I want to talk to you about golf and I know I can make you move better, mm -hmm. but I'm really just building an athlete and I'm trying to build the best athlete I can. Cause that's going to um, transfer or equate to a good golfer. I mean, you look at the top people in the world, all those guys are great athletes. Yeah. And I mean, that's where the game is now. Right. And I mean, someone like Bryson DeChambeau is taking it to a whole other level, but I mean, like they're all amazing athletes. They're all very mobile, powerful. I mean, they have endurance. I mean, it's, they're incredible athletes and I think they're undervalued compared to like a football player or a basketball player when, I mean, they're right up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They could probably transfer over to like, look at, you know, a guy like Gary Woodland who could have played professional basketball. Right. And oh, totally. I think, I think the people get tripped up by guys like, um, who's that Higgs guy and then John Daly and like, you know, the, the cold nose guys like that. But you look at the, the careers of guys who are more non-athletic players and they don't make it that long. Right. It's, it's more like they have a career of a running back in the NFL. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's, and I mean, I mean, even with Bryson, like, I think like, I think what he's done is incredible. I think it's un, like amazing. I think it's so hard to do actually what he's just done. I just don't know if he can sustain it. Like, the force and torque that he puts through that spine every time he swings at those speeds with that kind of weight is like, is that going to break down in five years or is that going to break down in like two years? Like yeah. look at how aggressive Tiger Woods used to swing and like, that's how his back got tripped up. Like you gotta, I'm just like, I'm, it's, I'm amazed by it and also scared of it. Like to kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's unbelievable what he's done, but it's like, ah, is that, is that the right choice long-term? Yeah, you hope, he's taking, you hope he's taking advantage of everything from a recovery standpoint. Like you said, oh, totally. integration and then stuff like CBD and everything, um, yeah. Route therapy, stretching, you know, all of that. So, uh, kind of to keep it specific to Canadian golfers that were kind of rolling into mid, mid to end of October, 
what do you feel like some of the things are uh, that golfers should be focused on right now? Kind of as, you know, we can kind of frame it from a competitive golfer standpoint, because I think a lot of amateurs can learn from competitive players. But where do you feel like as the season's winding down where they should be focused? Well, I mean, as the season's winding down, I think, I mean, you want to start to really think about mobility and kind of stability and kind of starting to, I always try to kind of start fresh as the season's done and try to rebuild the body. I mean, and, and think of it as like a marathon, not a sprint. And I think too many people are too quick to like, okay, I want to start doing hand cleans and power cleans right away. And like season just ended, like start slow, kind of go mobility, stability stuff for a month, kind of build in endurance, try to even build a little bit of muscle and go into like strength and power as you get closer to the season. And, uh, and that's just kind of, a model I kind of live by I mean a natural progression like that not even like like a, I mean normal periodization is like that I kind of like more of an undulation kind of periodization but um, I think right now you want to just make sure your body's not too beat up when you go into the off season because that's when you need to start training more like a lot of the guys that that like play a lot and are competitive they're still lifting all the time like the guys in the PGA Tour like they're lifting on Monday Wednesday depending on where they are in the tournament maybe Friday too right but I mean they're not getting sore like someone who just lifts a couple times a week and like they, they, they have to worry about going to play the next day. But I mean, focusing on mobility and stability and just making sure that your body is functioning, right? Like activation stuff. I mean, a lot of just like primal movements, like squatting, lunging, lifting, pulling, pushing, uh, making sure you can do those things properly. Um, I think that's a good base to go into the off season when you can start to kind of progress with loading the body up and, and starting to create strength and power. Cool. I like that. So uh, give me a little assessment. So I've, I've just been working on, uh, I've kind of taken an off year from playing and just really worked on revamping my swing. So a lot of work okay. on, on tilts through impact and then footwork. And I've kind of not blown on my back, but it's kind of like sciatic pain in the low back and shooting into the legs a little bit. So, so you think maybe starting with 30 minutes to 45 minutes of stretching a day for at least a month, do you think that would be a good sort of way to, started if, well if you're having sciatic pain you need to go see a physiotherapist okay sure. Fair right enough. and i mean i know you've probably seen what's on my instagram robin's a great guy i'll shout out kind of robin valderas that I, I work with he's a guy he's actually in hamilton he's ppi certified medical level three um but yeah no i i so i have like uh mobility i've level one two and three for hips and t-spine and it's it's really upper body lower body and i have my clients doing that every day so that might take you 10 minutes. It might take you 30 minutes, depending on how many sets you do it. But I'm a very big component of move every day. So some days that might be all you do. Some days that might be your second workout, depending on where you are and depending on your abilities. Um, but you should be doing some kind of mobility activation work, uh, maybe not static stretching every day, but like some kind of stuff where you're, let's say, lubing the joints. You know what I mean? You're, you're actually moving your, your body through the range of motions that they're supposed to. And especially, I mean, in this day and age, you're a guy who's a golf pro, so you're constantly up. But I mean, most people sit eight hours a day and they got to make sure they're, they're doing 20 or 30 minutes of that a day if they want to not just be kind of deformed in the next 20 years from sitting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's good advice. I think I maybe, yeah, I've been doing too much of that static stretching, which could be causing need to kind of mobilize the joints a little bit more because I'm. Uh, yeah, I like both. And they, they both have a time and place. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. Um, so let's kind of focus on some of the major areas of the body that uh, golfers tend to have trouble with. So maybe knees and back. So what are, you know, what are some of the things you're looking for? Like, do you, like, how do you, how do you work on someone when, when they come in with a sore knee or a sore back? 
Well, I mean, this is going to be the same thing. And you're going to hear this. Anytime someone has an injury, they go see my physio. So (laughs) I work with people who don't have an injury or people who are, I mean, they might have something that's a little bit like a, an acute injury. They don't have chronic pain that's bugging them. And it just kind of, it'll go away in a couple of days. We might work together, but uh, knee issues are, are obviously a, a common injury in golf. I mean, low back is what you see the most or like tennis elbow uh, is what you see a lot too. And I mean, my job is to make sure those things don't happen. Right. So anytime you want to get your knees stronger, we're going to do uh, knee bending exercises. So like split squats, squats, lateral squats, uh, stuff like that to strengthen the knee. A lot of the time people have knee issues too because of their ankles. So if you have very, very tight calves, I mean, I'm a big um, supporter of rolling out or using any kind of like vibration gun or um, even the rollers that vibrate now. I mean, that's a great way to circulate the tissue before you start to actually mobilize it. So a lot of the times I I get my clients to do that before they do any of their mobility work anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's important. It's very, very important to kind of prevent those things but yeah no so that's why I have, I've created this team right I've created a team with um with Robin Valadares and Emma Groot, and I mean we really are the best of those worlds around here I mean um and that's kind of what it would be right like if I have an issue or if one of my clients has an issue they go see Robin or if once his clients get stronger and they want to progress if they've had an injury they come and see me and it's, it's been good right um I yeah, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I'm about to say, I'll, I'll send people your way now that I know you're in Burlington, right? Like, I mean, it's sure. still like, I think we all just need to be supportive of each other. I mean, like I work with, I will work with her. I'll work with Scott. I, I, I work with another girl named Deb who works out of, um, um, oh, with Rock Chapel, right? So, I mean, it's, it's good to know people all over the place. I think we all can help each other, right? I mean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I've seen yeah. kind of just, uh, so like I've been, playing competitive golf since, you know, the age of nine. Um, and then now getting into coaching the last couple of years, I've kind of seen um, how some people in the industry can, can really get very territorial with, with the way sure. you know, they, and it's kind of like an age old thing that, you know, I've, I've seen it a lot. So I'm sure you've seen it too. And I think that that's a poor mentality to, you know, in terms of Canadian golf and the way we want to develop our players. I think it takes a team of, of coaches to take a player to that next level. Like I look at, when I grew up and my brothers grew up, you know, we were all striving to go to the NCAA and we had a few key coaches around us. And one of my mm-hmm. coaches, my dad, one was Ralph uh, and a psychologist sometimes helped me and then a fitness trainer, which I didn't listen to him too much. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, having that team around you really, you know, was it, it was the reason that you could take it to the next level. Like, you know, for me to say that I have all the answers as the head coach for um, ex student is kind of silly because there's just things that I don't know. I've myself dabbled into personal training, but you know it on such an intimate level that I would never try and mess with that. Right. So, well, and, and I totally agree. And that's like, I've learned so much about the golf swing through the coaches I've been around Mohawks golf, golf coaches. I mean, Scott, through people like you just, I mean, my clients, I mean, but I mean, I would never try and go and teach somebody cause that's not my lane. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I understand that. Right. And, and it's good to know these people to be able to send, people their way if, if they need it right and I think that it's only going to help spread the game and that's something we got to do to kind of keep people on the, on the golf courses definitely especially because you know we've obviously seen an amazing spike in revenue oh, it's amazing. It's awesome, something up by like 80 percent which is great which is great and yeah, totally I've seen golf steadily decline in the last 20 years so to totally. see it kind of you know but it could easily have to go the other way now that we're going into the winter right because we have this limited golf season so uh Mark just to think about kind of uh 
the um, the season that you've had with a lot of your competitive players and gyms being closed down. I was a member at Good Life myself, and then I was personal training at a, another gym, and they had to close their doors. How has that been in terms of challenge? Uh, you know, like having have you had to like administer a different program to people just based on what they have access to? Yeah, totally. So I, when it all happened, so I have, I mean, a bunch of clients that I work with and I, I emailed them all and I just told them, obviously I'm here to, to help you however I can. I pretty much sent most of them all new programs. Um, a lot of them, they got new programs as the kind of summers went on. I did some FaceTime sessions with a lot of them. Um, I'm pretty, I mean, I have an exercise bank with almost a thousand exercises on it. I mean, I have so many regressions and progressions, everything. I don't, you don't really need equipment, right? Like I can make it challenging without equipment. And I mean, most people have like, so every one of my clients, I give them a resistance band just to have at home. I want them to have something. Right. And like, so most people have something. Yeah. Right. And, and that, and that's good enough. Like that's enough. I mean, I'm not going to be able to have you doing a lot of, I mean, loaded deadlifts or, or power cleans or anything like that. But I mean, there's not really that much of that happening anyways with most people. So, I mean, a lot of people, if they can control their own body weight, they're doing pretty good for themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, sure. So, but it, but it definitely like I, I lost a lot of, business i mean i i mean i used to see people a lot more and i mean that kind of didn't go as well for a while i mean all of them came back and and i'm starting to get busier again like really busy which is great but then it's like fingers crossed it doesn't happen again right but i like everyone who comes here uh i wear a mask i mean i sanitize everything i wash this place every single day after i train like i have to do all those things but since I work at the college, I mean, I see best practice. We have to do that after every one of our classes and I know exactly what the industry standards are. So, um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's an obstacle, but it's not anything that we can't overcome. And I think people are happy to come in here. It's more of an intimate setting, right? Like I've, I have something that's not good life where there's 500 people going through there. Right. Like I have something that it's my house. Like this is where I live. Like I'm going to make sure this place is clean. Everyone comes through the side entrance. So no one actually walks into my house. Um, which is nice. And then they just come in here and they leave. So, I mean, all my clients that have come here since I have reopened, I've uh, been really happy with it and, and they like the, the atmosphere and everything. And I think, to be honest, that's where the fitness industry is going to go. I mean, the big box gyms, people are going to be scared to go there for a long time. And mm -hmm. I think more people, at least who can afford it, are going to go to more of like a boutique style or a or hybrid style gym that's, that there's less traffic. They just don't want to be around as many people now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've become myself a hermit. I'm sure you're along. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's nice that you can have your kind of home and then your business right there. That's awesome that you get that totally. kind of intimacy. And well, when I bought my house, I was like, it's got to do it. I got like, I got the, I got a whole hitting bay and everything too. Right. So oh, like, that, perfect. Yeah, and I got the sky track and I bought it right before the half, this all happened. So it was like perfect timing. So like, yeah, no, I, I don't really need to go anywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to heat my outdoor hitting bay this winter because uh, I want to still be giving lessons out there in, in the dead. Just maybe keep the balls indoors so you don't crack people's oh, yeah. uh, so not rocks. No, exactly, yeah. Uh, so talk to me about, um, like, let's get a bit more specific here in terms of uh, like the daily habits someone could do to maybe improve their flexibility. Because I think flexibility is one of those super underrated things in the golf swing that if you don't mm -hmm. have it, then you're there's not really much of a way that you can get power. So talk to me about like some of the daily things people should be doing for golf flexibility. Well, I think one of the big things that everyone could do that would really help would be five minutes of deep breathing. So like literally getting into a good posture, sitting in a good posture and breathe rhythmically through your diaphragm for five minutes and consciously think about it. I think a lot of people are restricted because of tension. 
Mm-hmm. And, and especially during this time with stress and, and everything else. Another thing that someone could do is make sure you drink three liters of water. So if your body is dehydrated and your muscles are dehydrated, they're not going to be as pliable. They're not going to be able to move as much. And I think a lot of people, if they started with that, would go along a lot farther than even stretching. Yeah. That's actually going to help your tissue and help you a lot more. I mean, obviously for a golfer, I mean, hips and T-spine, ankles and wrists are the mobile areas that we want to make sure can move good. Uh, we want to be stable through our scapula, through our trunk. I mean, so you're going to want to do a lot of stuff that um, rotates around your shoulder. You want to do a lot of, you want to move your hips in every single direction. You want to move your ankles in every single direction. You want to make sure that you can activate your glutes. You want to make sure that, I mean, all your uh, posterior chain muscles are working good and you can keep maintaining good posture. And I think that's going to help a lot. I mean, when someone's in C posture or when someone's in a posterior pelvic tilt, they're not going to be able to rotate well. So right. like you need to make sure that you can get into good posture first of all. And I think that's something that um, is lost and people kind of forget that and they just go and start lifting weights and they're making their posture worse. And they're, they're actually kind of making the problem worse and worse and worse, the more they strengthen these areas. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like the stuff that I said, like I said, all my clients have kind of an upper and lower body mobility day that they get. And I mean, I've, I transition that every month or every six weeks, but I mean, I'm a big like component of, I mean, activating of the glutes, I mean, upper and lower body rolling, um, any kind of plank variation, uh, any anti-rotation like payoff presses is going to help with your mobility too, like, cause you're going to get, be able to stabilize more and you're going to be able to rotate. I think a lot of the times people kind of focus too much too on, on mobility and, and flexibility and forget stability. And, and that might be the reason you can't kind of move those joints as well. So um that's why that's what i want to start with in the off season with people make sure you're mobile make sure that you have good stability throughout the body before you start progressing to harder stuff cool i like that now uh in terms of breathing uh, i've always been told that breathing in through the nose is going to activate that kind of parasympathetic nervous system so how would you get someone to breathe like just if they're going to sit there for five minutes and they maybe could couple with a meditation like what would you yeah, I actually like, so I, I actually use the Calm app. I meditate every single day. Some days it's for three minutes, some days it's for 10 minutes and everything in between. Um, I can't do it without guided. I just, I don't know. Some people can, I can't. But um, that's what I say to people. I say literally just sit there, hold your breath or like breathe in through your nose, three to five seconds, whatever you can handle. Some people, five seconds is too much. Some people like three seconds, it's like, that's not enough. So I kind of say three to five seconds is a good kind of starting spot. Hold your breath once you get to that five seconds for a couple seconds, like one to three. Same thing, you got to feel what's best for you and then blow out at whatever you pulled in it. So whatever you inhaled in, you blow out the same ratio. And you just think about that for five minutes. So your mind is going to travel into 30 different directions and think about everything else and just let that kind of stream by and go by and, and try to just sit there and think. And I mean, it's literally like life changing the more you do it. Like the more you get relaxed, the more you kind of just stress rolls off you a little bit easier like it's definitely changed my life especially having a young family and i mean yeah the things that have gone on in the last little while like i feel like it definitely helps relieve tension relieve stress and um there's a million different variations you can do but i mean that's the one that i that i would i mean prescribe to the people that i work with that's awesome yeah i think breathing is so underrated and it's it's something that is you know it's 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 free to us right it's something we can access at any time and I find it's good for when you have those dead moments when there's nothing really going on and it, you can kind of have like a decision tree in your head. 
you can you can reach for your phone or you can spend five minutes and just maybe go for a little walk and breathe or even be in the car and maybe not throw the music on or the radio and just sit there and breathe in silence right oh, it can, totally. like it can really take you from you know a seven in terms of the anger scale and easily get to a 10 and lower yourself down where you can actually handle some stress right and that kind of goes back into the golf course and something that it's funny you bring up breathing because I two years ago when I was getting back and playing a little bit of competitive golf I implemented a huge deep breath into my pre-shot routine so standing behind the ball right before I'm about to step into it kind of like what Jason Day does with the eyes yeah. sort of visualization thing but just taking a deep breath and I just found I got over the ball and the tension was completely gone and I could just let it go so yeah I think it's something that every golfer needs to take. Well, yeah and that's that's a huge point. I mean, you can take what you practice at home and kind of feel that, I mean, no stress, feel kind of normal balance and then do that on the golf course and come back to that state. Right. And that's one thing I've noticed too. It's not like even just after that five minutes, you meditate or you're deep breathing, you feel good. It's if you do that for a long time, how you react to other stressful situations changes. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, like how it happens over time. But yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely a good thing for your pre-shot routine. I would totally say that's great. Cool. Love it. So <laughs> moving into working on balance. So a couple of things that I do for balance and for my swing is I got one of those uh, wood balance boards, kind of try and get on that five, 10 minutes a day and then put uh, throwing my knees on a Swiss ball and just trying to balance. Is there anything else that you would recommend? Um, well, for balance, I mean, I like to do a lot of single leg work. So, I mean, I would do a lot of pistol squats or, um, I would do a lot of single leg dead, deadlifts, um, a lot of bounding. So when you're doing lateral jumps or forward jumps where you're landing on one foot and you have to stabilize your leg. Um, I do a little bit of stuff with, um, like a, a BOSU ball here and there, but I'm not really, I used to do it a lot more than I do now. I don't, I'm not big on it as much with the unstable surfaces. I like kind of being on the ground, uh, and just kind of challenging it that way. I also like to do a lot of like passing stuff. So even like passing a ball over your head while you're on one foot is really going to challenge your center of mass because all balance is keeping your center of mass and your base of support. So if you can manipulate how the center of mass comes in and out of your base of support, you're going to challenge balance. Hmm. The other way to do it is just close your eyes when you do anything. And so if I take that proprioception away, that's going to make it 10 times harder. Um, In terms of balance for your swing, I mean, the key to that I think is is creating a stable lower body. So a lower body that can withstand, I mean, quick motions, obviously. I also think any kind of power drills where you gotta really work kind of ankles, knees, hips at the same time, like in that sequence, is gonna help you react to a swing speed. And that's really gonna take your swinger or make the swing feel easier, let's say. Um, But yeah, I think think balance is, is definitely a huge thing. And that's actually, I would say balance is probably the, the TPI screen that people fail the most. Interesting. Yeah. I, for me, I was, uh, my coach Ralph would always get me to try and go on a balance board and I couldn't mm-hmm. last longer than 20 seconds. I think I'm up to about like 30, 40 seconds, which isn't great, but um, just kind of putting your, your body at a disadvantage uh, mm-hmm. and, and then try to work from there. It, you can really develop a lot of power. I find like just by, totally. by working that piece of the game. Well, you'll fall off that if you don't, if you're not in the correct positions, you'll fall. Yeah. Right. So it really forces your body to be able to work. I mean, in the right sequences or in the right muscular patterns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're getting on the, on the golf course and everything is a lopsided lie, right? So there's yeah, not, everything's, yeah. There's yeah. Not, you know, when you go and practice on the, and that's why I'm a huge advocate of not spending a lot of time on the driving range, even though I'm going to teach on the driving range for 90% of my practice, like, 
going out there and getting on the golf course and experiencing all these different types of lies is true golf, right? Yeah, for sure. Doing workouts that kind of replicate that is a really good idea. So in terms of uh, I'm myself as a coach, I'm always studying the, the best players in the game. And there's a few guys that I always kind of really hone in on. Is there anyone that really kind of piques your interest? And you could even, you know, say Bryson if you want to, but are there guys that you like to sort of study in, in terms of what they do? Uh, definitely Rory. I mean, I've always kind of looked at what Rory's doing. Um, John Rahm, I love what his trainer does. Uh, they do a lot of great stuff. Um, who else would I really think? I mean, all the young guys now are so crazy. I mean, like, uh, what's the guy's name? Neiman. How do you say? Joaquin Neiman. Oh, yeah. I mean, any of the stuff that any of the guys out of, uh, like, Joey D's place in Florida, all the stuff. There's a bunch of guys in there and a bunch of girls from the LPGA, like, uh, all the quarter sisters are in there. Michelle Williams in there before. And I mean, I love to see the stuff they do. They do a lot of great functional stuff. I mean, um, all the stuff that, I mean, you know, Jason Glass is. I love to kind of see what he does with Adam Hadwin. And um, he's working with Mike Weir now. And I mean, it's cool to see his like high triplexity and the rotational stuff that he does. Um, but I, I mean, I've, like I said, I really kind of, I, I look into like Mike Boyle is a guy I really looked up to. I look into these strength coaches that have been around for a long time that are still making impacts. I mean, those are the kind of people that I'm looking at. And I mean, it's easy to, I think, get lost in like, oh, this is that, that motion looks cool. Or that looks great. And it's like, I just got to um, sometimes I think take yourself away from all the lights and cameras that you see on social media and everything else, or you can get caught up in it and try to start doing things that you probably shouldn't be doing to help your clients. Right. Mm -hmm. So I try to kind of look for inspiration through coaches more than I think uh, like golfers. Okay, cool. I like, right? that. yeah, yeah. that's good for my own learning too. Um, so <laughs> kind of uh, I think this is the age old question in terms of coaches, uh, coaches in golf. Do you feel like it's more important to change the body first before you change the swing or change the swing and then the body? Like what, what, what in your eyes comes first? Maybe like a chicken and the egg question. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think in a perfect world, we change the body first, but I mean, I think unfortunately people come to you the other way. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is if I, so let's say that you are very immobile when you come to me, but you have created this compensation in your golf swing and you're good and you, you're a scratch golfer, you're a five handicap. You, you come to me and I mobilize your hips and your T-spine. Now you can't hit the ball. Hmm. So that sometimes seriously, and it's happened, right? Yeah. And that sometimes can be like, and you're like, well, you move better, you feel better, but now you need to figure out how to swing with that new body. Yeah. Now. So like, in a perfect world, I start meeting kids at 12, even 10 years old, and I'm kind of creating that efficient body, efficient mover, and then they're kind of getting coached by the, all the way they're through high school, going into college, and I mean, they're great movers, and it just kind of continuously compounds and progresses through there. That's why you see these, like, Morikawa and, and uh, Matt Wolf, and I mean, these guys were probably training when they were six or seven years old, seriously. Like yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So right. And they're just machines. Yeah. Like my little guys, my little guys in here doing squats already. Like he kind of like does like deadlifts with my Vipers. Like you can get someone moving at any time. Right. It's just, you don't really, people I think are scared to get kids to work out. I mean, as long as you do it safely and you're not like, obviously you're not going to throw like a dumbbell in their hand and make them yeah. load, but they can do like bear crawls or like run through ladders and like kids can start training at any age really. Um, and I think that's a better way to do it. Cause like I said, like if you get a 50 year old and they come to you and you fix their body so well and they can't golf, they're going to be mad with you. 
Yeah. Well, that's, it's funny you say that. Cause when I, so when I gave up playing competitive golf, uh, I was about, I weighed about 240 pounds, five foot nine. So pretty overweight. Right. And I got by playing with really good feel around the green. So I was, I was the type of guy who would only hit eight, seven, eight fair, seven, eight greens around, but you know, have 20 seven pots and and just managed to to scramble really well so i took a hiatus lost 60 pounds in about six to eight months then i came back to golf and my swing was even worse than it and then that's when i went to scott right so um it was in uh i kind of did everything backwards but i I can attest to that uh, you know in terms of and it's not like it can't be done it's just harder yeah Mm-hmm. right because now you're you're so set in your ways of how you used to hit a golf ball and, and i mean think of you know how to make a swing change and like how hard is that to ingrain that pattern right and yeah. i think the whole world lives on like instant gratification and if you can't do that right away or it takes you two weeks like you just get frustrated mm-hmm. whereas like how long does it take to make a swing change it could be years right or a year or depending on what the swing change is yeah i mean i say to a lot of my students to make them feel good that then it'll take a thousand reps but in reality it's probably ten thousand reps probably yeah, right yeah. so uh you lost a, so you've lost either how much do you lost a lot of weight then if you weigh that much you used to yeah that so, much. so yeah i um i'm probably about 180 now good for um, you man that's amazing good for you that's also, awesome so i yeah i lost 60 pounds in six months which was crazy and i did it all through good eating and a lot of cardio but i didn't yeah. really i i kind of did it too aggressively and then i i ballooned back up to about 220 two to three years ago and now i'm back down to 180 but i did yeah. it i did this one over so i, I kind of took my i really went deep on my education and uh, went to the czech institute yeah i like czech stuff too i like czech stuff i know a lot of his stuff i've been to a couple of his seminars i, I know i know paul czech yeah so i the, the book obviously with how to eat move and be healthy was my starting yeah. point and just really dove into that and tried to live that book and and just do the questionnaires and it really kind of showed to me that health is not just about you know looking good it's not just about you know one of the six aspects like he talks about the six foundational principles of thinking moving eating breathing sleeping hydrating it's kind of the stuff that we just all talked about we just all talked about right yeah exactly like and i think everyone everyone kind of well i mean in my opinion good coaches all are getting us there or all getting their players or athletes or clients there. I mean, just we have different ways of saying it. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, right. to me, I think I can tell you take the practitioner approach in terms of like you do it and you're like, you're more of a student of the game and, and of, of health and fitness than you are more of a coach, mm-hmm. which I can see a lot of coaches uh, that I've, I've run into more talking heads than actually doing the work. Right. And I think that's yeah. the mentality I've tried to take is I'm more of a, a student of the game before I'm a coach of the game. And, and then mm-hmm. all that, you know, that learning that you do on a daily basis really transfers over. It just spills out, right? So yeah, totally, totally. Um, so yeah, man, I think that's pretty much it. So just uh, closing thoughts, like where can people find you online and uh, in person? Um, so I'm in, I'm on the Upper Hamilton Mountain. I'm just kind of off Mud Street. If uh, you do want to do some in-person training or um, I kind of do, uh, like usually, like I was saying before, like people will come see me for screens or assessments and I program for them. Or, I mean, I do have different kind of memberships on my website where you can work with me for a different number of sessions per month. So the best place to kind of see me is cscgolffitness.ca. Um, and then all my social media is cscgolffitness. Um, I'm on all of them, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. So I've usually, I've slowed down a little bit because I've been so busy, to be honest, with how much I've been posting. But I mean, I'm still good for a few posts a week where I'm going to put something out, either an exercise or we, we and... Um, 
the physiotherapist I work with in uh, the golf course, we're going to put out some more videos in the next little while too. So, I mean, nice. we're always Thanks putting them. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We should do some stuff. And I mean, it's always good to do that. And um, we've had a lot of positive feedback from that, but yeah, no. And I mean, if you're not from around here and, and you want to just connect with me, my email is markcormier at zero at, at gmail.com. And I'll, I'll send all this stuff to you, Cam, and you can kind of put it all on I'll, there. Or yeah, we'll do. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, yeah. 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 But no, I mean, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, no, it was great talking with you. And I mean, hopefully we can get out for a round. You can show me how to do it. For sure. Then we'll get in the gym. You can kick my ass. <laughs> I'm down. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool, man.